Tuesday night. There's only one of me. Usually there's two lesbians up here. You just got one tonight. Still better than most shows. And the planet. Cameron is not here. She is tired because she has been, uh, I was going to say fearlessly editing our show, but that sounds weird. (laughs) She's going in with like a falcon on her arm. Let's swap out that take. No, she's been editing our television show, season two, Take My Wife. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) So it's just me. I can't bother her by dancing tonight, so I don't know what I'm going to do. No, she's been working on it. It's uh, been going really well. And also, I just found this out today, um, and today is the deadline. So perfect timing that you could, if you were an Emmy voter, vote for season one of Take My Wife. Just saying, if you feel like it, I know this room is chock full of Emmy voters right now. I can just tell. So give it a punch on that ballot. The only voting that's going to do a goddamn thing these days. It's difficult right now. I'm also trying to, you know, like shake the rust off from uh, working on season two. We weren't, you know, just kind of doing doing that the whole time I was doing that. You know, you kind of commit to that thing and you're like, oh, this is the thing I'm doing. And then you're just uh, like eating little tiny toaster strudel crisps in the back of a truck and you're like, this is what I'm doing right now. I don't know what else to do right now. But it was really fun, so I'm trying to think of jokes and boy, oh boy, is it hard to write just funny things these days. Just trying to, I feel like the internet is a sadness machine. It's kind of, I mean, it's been going that way for like a while. Like, I feel like when it first started, everybody was like, holy shit, there's other people. Oh my God. And then we started doing other things with it. Like chat rooms started happening. And then people were like, hey, want a cyber? And you're like, what the fuck is this? And then that just like rolled into just whatever this is now, which is like, you post a photo of like, a fun thing you did, and somebody's like, go to hell, and you're like, this is great. (sighs) This is what I always wanted. (laughs) This is what I always wanted when I was saving up all those uh, UPC proof of purchases for my Mountain Dew 24 pack so I could save up and get that Mountain Dew pager. (laughs) So I could just talk to everyone all the time and they would know what I was doing. Send me a 911 if it's important. Yeah. I never got the chain for it, though. Are there old enough people in this room to even understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. There used to be these things called malls. And you would go to them and you would buy this brick that people would call. And then you would have to find a fucking phone. <laughs> and you were 11. So you didn't 
know where phones were, so you just went home. <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to decide how to wear the pager. Was it gonna go on my belt, which I didn't own, so I guess I gotta get a belt if I wanna do that option. Or do I wanna do the cool style, like inside the pocket, so that it's like cool and you can only see the clip, and then I can check it, but you can't. <laughs> I spent so much time at a very specific mall when I was growing up. Did anybody like grow up at the mall? <laughs> I love that they were like, oh, no. <laughs> Please. Peasant. <laughs> malls are for peasants though. <laughs> Particular malls. And I definitely grew up at a peasant mall for sure. Had a hot Sam and an orange, orange Julius which you apparently can't say if you're from Ohio. <laughs> it had a hot salmon and <laughs> Like my accent just ate it, I couldn't. It's like coming back all of a sudden because I'm mad on a regular basis. <laughs> like my baseline level of anger has risen just like the sea levels. <laughs> I was so so angry for so, so long, and I didn't know why, and it was because I was gay, and everyone was like, you're gay, and I was like, no, I'm not, and then I was like, yes, I, yes, yes, I am, <laughs> yes, that's, that's why I, I'm angry, because you're telling me something in a mean way, and I don't want to be it, but I <laughs> sure as fuck am it, yeah. <laughs> so what was I talking about? Malls. Oh, my baseline of anger, and my <laughs> accent coming back. I can't remember if I've told you guys this, but I, I mean, I love, I love accents and I love figuring out like the meanings of phrases, like where they came from, but I also love like colloquialisms and stuff like that, like specifics to regions of the country and like what people say. And I love to find out my own, especially when someone else tells me what it is um, after I've said it. Um, Cause that's the best way to find out you're a weirdo. And one day, um, and this is after Cameron, uh, my lovely wife, and I had been married for a couple of months at least. And uh, we were like sorting laundry or something, like just sorting the house out, trying to figure out what we needed to do with the house. And she's like, what's all this? And I was like, oh, that needs washed. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> and I said, it needs washed? What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> And she was like, what is wrong with you? You forgot a lot of that sentence. And I was like, what in the hell are you talking about? That's how you say things. It needs washed. That's the thing, it needs, to, needs washed. I almost fixed it by accident because I've been living in the normal world for a while. But then I looked it up and it's like a strip of Ohio and Pennsylvania just say that. Is somebody from there? Oh, that was Megan. Oh, it's Megan. <laughs> oh, we, we've had this conversation before, right? And so you say it? Uh, yeah. Yes. So, you, yeah, you don't think I'm grammatically incorrect all the time. <laughs> You're like, that sounds great. But my wife was like, you got to go back to school. <laughs> but yes, my accent is coming back, especially when I talk to my dad, because like then... <laughs> <laughs> is anybody from a place with like a very rural accent? Clap it up. 
That's a lot of people. You raise your hand. Where are you from? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, boy. Where are you from in Kentucky? Yes, I knew it. I didn't want to say it because I wanted to hear you say it. She's from Lowell, if you didn't hear. I like it when people, I don't even know what I used to call it before I knew what it was, how it was pronounced. I think I called it Louisville, which is just hilarious and adorable. You know? But really, you pronounce it like the sound of pennies going down one of those toys. <laughs> oh, I love malls, you guys. I just love malls. And I love the things in malls. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> but yeah, my dad and I will talk on the phone. I'll be like, hey, dad. And he's like, hey, how you doing? And then it gets lower from that. Because he's like, how you doing? And I'm like, Oh, pretty good, you know, just uh, hanging out and, uh, you know, just... Oh, oh. And then we just turn into, like, a fax machine and a modem. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cameron comes home and I'm like, <laughs> She was like, you were talking to your dad, weren't you? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was. He need talking to, that's the thing. <laughs> from that there from that part we say that a lot from that part I don't get it <laughs> my whole family on that side is from West Virginia so much so that I asked my dad once when I was a kid when we were learning about like genealogy and like ancestry and stuff like that uh, I was like dad so because on my mom's side like uh, my grandmother's first generation my grandfather's first generation my grandmother's side is from Scotland. My dad, grandfather's side is uh, from, like, Ireland and Scotland. Stuff like that. You know, whatever. Uh, we're white. Boring. And I wanted to know the, the other side of my family. And I asked my dad. I was like, so, Dad, where's, uh, like, where's our family from? And he was like, West Virginia. And I was like, I, I mean, no, I, I know. But, like, before that. And he was like, what do you mean? And I always thought that was hilarious until the other night, again, everything's terrible, so I have crazy insomnia again, and I couldn't sleep, and I uh, exhausted all of my, base my fantasy baseball research that I could possibly do. For like an hour, I was like, maybe the scores will change. It was one in the morning. We're on the West Coast. They're done. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Bellinger's gonna hit another one. You never know. So, like, it was all gone. It's a very specific Dodgers reference. I don't want to say the great things I think about that kid, but it's a special season. Anyway, just saying that, just putting that out there. So, and I gotta say, I like playing fantasy baseball, but I gotta be real with myself. I'm a woman, it's always fantasy baseball. <laughs> that is a joke against the patriarchy if you take it back. So I was up super late. I'd exhausted everything. Literally everyone on Twitter went to bed and no one was up on the East Coast. Like, I hit that time of night where just nothing is happening. So I was like, well, I guess I gotta read something. <laughs> so I decided to... I could not remember my great-grandfather's middle name for some reason. I was like, well, maybe if I look on Ancestry.com, I'll find it. I'll just, like, look up his name and then see... Blah, blah, blah. And then I got into that 
And I was like, oh, crazy. This is like showing a bunch of the like levels of my genealogy. Like it went my dad, my grandfather, my great grandfather, my great grandmother, her family. And then I started looking into my great grandparents' families and I kept going. And every time I'd scroll down, it would say parents' place of birth, West Virginia. (laughs) And I went back three and then I hit the paywall. So we're talking like 1600s. Like my family just like crawled out of a holler and was like, we're here now. Like literally, have you listened to the song Coal Miner's Daughter? There is a lyric in that song that says, down in Butcher Holler, I'm telling you, that's me! (laughs) And I found a relative, a like great-great-grandfather, and his name was Arlie Butcher. Arlie Butcher. That's basically my name. White people. (sighs) I got to think of a good way to end this. This was fun talking about the Mountain Dew pager. I love that everybody got real into that. (laughs) I was hoping about that. Did everybody have a good Father's Day? All the fathers out there? I'm not yet. (laughs) Working on it. I spent my Father's Day with... My biggest influence as a child, my biggest like paternal influence, which was a bottle of Mountain Dew, a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, and an edited episode for syndication of Tales from the Crypt. I did not have a three-wheeler to ride in the middle of the woods at night alone, or else I would have had a quadfecta, but I didn't. <laughs> We're going to get the show going, but I, I want to say something funnier. Truth and comedy, guys. <laughs> Truth and comedy. Did it, we tell you last week that we went to a Sparks game? Was anybody here last week? Hannah, did we talk about a Sparks game last week? Thank you, person. Thank you, human being at the show. We went to a Sparks game, and it was so much fun. You have to go to a Sparks game. It's so great. People are so excited to be there and they're having a great time and there's little girls everywhere and they are just losing their shit and they have little uniforms on and like screaming and just like they're having the best time of their lives. And then there's just stuff happening. They have a DJ throughout the game and they just, honestly, most of the game is the scoreboard going into the audience and people dancing. It's the best thing. The best thing. It's the best part of baseball games in a basketball game that's all women. Come on! So a bunch of people in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air basketball jerseys, which, (laughs) mwah, loved it. But I think, I mean, number one was the basketball game, because that's ridiculous if I didn't think the best part was the basketball game, because it was. It was great. It was so awesome to watch Candace Parker play basketball. I realized I hadn't seen her play basketball live, and I was like, holy shit, (laughs) she is really good at basketball. Like, I knew that. And then you get to see somebody that's really good at something, and you're like, that person is really good at what they do, and this is what they do. And that was really amazing. And also, um, female women's basketball coaches wear the best outfits. (laughs) And if you think I'm wrong, go on Google after this show. 
And you'll be like, mm, she's right. But I think my favorite part of the whole game was in the middle of the game, like mm, third quarter, they had the Vivica A. Fox collection wig out cam. Now, let me explain. Vivica A. Fox, the actor, owns a company that makes a collection of wigs named after herself. They sponsor the LA Sparks, and so their sponsorship includes the Vivica A. Fox collection wig out cam, where there is a wig that goes throughout the audience. It is on the Jumbotron. And then the camera goes through the audience, and when it lands on you, guess what? You wig out. <laughs> One of the best moments of my life. I was not on the wig cam, but I am going back specifically to get on the wig cam. <laughs> so go to a Sparks game. And are you guys ready to get the show rolling? <laughs> Great. Me too. This first comic, oh, he's the best. I just love him so much. He writes for uh, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and you are going to love him. Please give a warm welcome to Jared Logan, you guys. Sorry, I thought that was a valid door. Hi. It was an invalid door. Good evening. Thanks for being here. Maria was talking about her dad a little bit. I'll talk about mine. My dad uh, also is, he's from West Virginia as well. And um, yeah, and every time I see him now, he wants us to go on the amazing race together. <laughs> Thinks that that would be a good idea. If you don't know what the amazing race is, it is a reality game show where Americans run through foreign countries trying to win money which is the only way I feel like Americans would visit foreign countries, just like running through them like, out of the way, I want the fucking money, you know? Out of the way, Indian guy. He was Chinese. Um, my dad thinks we would be a good team on that show. I don't think that we would. Because I've seen my dad have road rage in a Lowe's parking lot. So I don't know how the streets of Calcutta are gonna work out for him. I feel like not well. I feel like every time we're on the show, I'll just, we'll be losing. Like, they'll cut to us, and I'll be like, hey, welcome back at, to Team Logan. We're still here at the Pittsburgh airport because my dad's been looking for free parking for 10 hours. I don't think we're going to make it to Morocco today. Hi, welcome back to Team Logan. We're here in Borneo, where it turns out my dad will only eat at an Applebee's. So, blood sugar's low, tensions are high. Los Angeles is a brutal place. I first came to Los Angeles as a young comedian to meet with different casting directors. My manager at the time told me, walk in to the network casting director and tell them, you want your own show. <laughs> and I did, and when I did, they knew I was a comedian, so they are like, is this a bit? You know what I mean? <laughs> are you, okay, go ahead, do the thing. 
I wanted to do well, though. I wanted to. I wanted these people to remember me so that I would get cast and, and be in TV shows. So I remember one time I was supposed to go to NBC Casting. And I thought, what can I say at NBC Casting to make them remember me, to laugh and remember me? And I thought, I know what I'll say. My dad's favorite NBC show of all time is Grimm. Do you know what Grimm is? If you don't know what Grimm is, it is a show about a man who is a cop by day, but at night he hunts fairy tales. So he's like, freeze, Rumpelstiltskin! You have the right to remain silent, Rapunzel. And my dad loves that show sincerely, and he thinks it's a story that needs to be told. So I thought I would go into NBC casting and I would talk to the casting lady and I'd be like, you're not going to believe this. My dad's favorite NBC show is grim. And then she and I would laugh at his simple country ways. But that's not what happened. I went into NBC casting and I said, you're not going to believe this. My dad's favorite show is grim. And the lady goes, oh, that's cool. You know, I could see you as some sort of cow creature on Grimm. <laughs> a cow creature! I looked it up. That's not something on Grimm. She had to invent mythology to hurt me with. It's like she got the writers together. Like, what are some other things about the cow creature? It's impotent? That's good. I'm writing it on the board. Cow creature can't fuck. <laughs> I've had to do a lot of things to make money in this business. One thing that I had to do for a while is I did advertising writing, okay? And here's a story about that. One time, I was working on an ad campaign for McDonald's. The commercial was this. This is the script they gave me. An Egg McMuffin hitting on a sausage biscuit. An Egg McMuffin slides into the frame beside a sausage biscuit and goes, I like your buns, McDonald's. <laughs> and McDonald's said to me, can you give us 100 alternate lines for this Egg McMuffin to hit on this sausage biscuit? <laughs> and then they were like, and we know it's pickup lines, but there can be no hint of sexual innuendo. You know how your, jo your job sometimes gives you an assignment, but they phrase it like a wizard's riddle? Do you know what I mean? Like, it must happen in the day, but the moon must be shining. The water must be wet when you set it afire. But I needed the money very desperately, so I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write 100 alternate lines for an Egg McMuffin hitting on a sausage biscuit. And I want you guys to know, the second I started, I knew I was doing a very bad job. <laughs> it was a bad job. It was the worst work I'd ever done. I was, every time I wrote one, I was like, who did that? It was so bad. But at the same time, conversely, I also knew I was betraying everything that I'd ever stood for. So that was a fun cocktail of feelings. And also, they were so bad, I thought I was going to get in trouble. You know how you're an adult now and you can't really get in trouble, but you're always afraid? You're, I thought I was going to turn these in and my dad was going to show up and be like, no, and then my car would go away. 
I turned in these very bad 100 alternate lines, and the people at McDonald's were like, these are great. We love these. Can you write 100 more <laughs> alternate lines for an Egg McMuffin hitting on a sausage biscuit? And that's when I knew I was being experimented on. Do you know what I mean? I started going, where are you? Where are you? Show yourself! But I needed the money, so I went home. And I started to write 100 more, 200 total. And I want you guys to know in that second batch, it got real non sequitur real quick. It was like a Harold Pinter play. I was just, I was just writing lines like, this is the twilight door. I have found the crown. It was just like that. It was just like the Egg McMuffin being like, I've worn the pajamas that father likes. You know what I mean? It was just like that. There aren't that many ideas in the world. I turned it in and they were like, this is excellent. And then they paid me a great deal of money. Two months later, I was watching TV. The commercial comes on. The Egg McMuffin slides up to the sausage biscuit and goes, I like your buns. They used the original line. I fell to my knees. It was like the end of a black mirror. I screamed this. I've never screamed this. I screamed, no! And that's how I know someone at McDonald's is fucking with me. And when I find them, I will take them through the twilight door and I will make them wear the pajamas their father likes. Have a great show. See you later. Jared Logan, you guys. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I also love the, like, accidental feminism of that commercial. If the Egg McMuffin is hitting on the sausage whatchamadoodle, whatever the fuck that thing's called. I mean, that's a lady hitting on a dude. In breakfast sandwich form. <laughs> Look, we gotta find it where we can. <laughs> I am scraping the barrel for feminist content. <laughs> Another comedian's joke about the worst job he's ever had. I'm like, hey, there's a little bit of feminism in there. <laughs> having an existential crisis. So am I! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, did y'all see Wonder Woman? <laughs> wow! <laughs> Holy shit. Is Wonder Woman here? <laughs> I got to I do. I wish that island was here. Am I right? Yeah. That... <laughs> I mean, What? Like, I've watched that, like, a hundred times, and I've only seen the movie once. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's somehow like I'd seen it before I saw the movie. You know what I mean? 
Like to bring it back to Black Mirror again, it was like San Junipero, the moment when she's trying on clothes. I was like, I've seen this before, but I haven't. It's a very specific reference and I lost a lot of you on it, but I really gambled and uh, didn't pay off. Why the last time I got close to gambling one was when I was trying to take a photograph of a slot machine in the Las Vegas airport because it was a Wheel of Fortune themed slot machine. I was like, oh, my grandma might like this. And I walked over to it. And a security guard who was a woman shorter than me was like, um, young man, can you get away from that slot machine? You have to be 21 years old. And I was like, I'm 25. <laughs> I got in a lift the other day, and the driver, I sat down. I'm very talky in lifts. You could probably sense that about me. <laughs> I like it. I like talking to people about them. It's real fun. It's like reverse therapy or something. I like to get into it with them, see what's up with them, see how they like it. If, if they don't talk, I'm like, great, not going to push it. You can talk when you're <laughs> I got so excited about that I lost my words But I got into this lift And I sat down and I was like Hello sir how are you And he was like I'm doing just great Sir And I was like well this is what's going to happen And I've been trying lately to Not get upset by that Because there's literally no reason to be upset By getting called sir Like there's no reason Like it's all arbitrary anyway So why would I get upset Like it's the whole thing is whatever It doesn't matter So I, I, I Because when I get upset It's kind of like I was saying Like somebody calling me gay And then I'm like I'm not gay But I'm gay and like, ah, like I'm trying not to do that whole <laughs> Thing again I don't want to do that anymore So I was like you know what <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to be myself and see if he notices. And he was like, oh, are you having a good night tonight, sir? I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. <clears throat> had a pretty good night. Got some ice cream here. I had a little bit of ice cream. He was like, oh, that looks so good, sir. That looks great. Uh, do you like jazz, sir? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what I do? I do. I put it on when I'm driving. Keeps my blood pressure down. I like it. I like jazz. <laughs> and he was like, oh. Sir, you like jazz? You are a good man. And I was like, fuck yeah, I am. Like, Fucking A right, I am a good man. Lasted the whole way home. He was like, have a great night, sir. I was like, you have a good night, sir, as well. I'm a great man. So we've got some more comics. You guys ready to hear them? They're fantastic. I love all of them. They're great. This next comic is a friend of the show. Uh, we love it when she stops by. She is just amazing. You're going to love her. Please give a warm welcome to Anna Gilchrist right now. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. How are we feeling? We good? Great. Hey, listen, my ex-boyfriend of three years came out to me as a gay man. I figured we'd talk about that for a second. <laughs> Blessed be the fruit. All right. Um, 
my ex-boyfriend of three yes so he's gay he's gay now he's a gay man and it's weird because there were honestly no warning signs like it totally came out of left field i mean i met him at theater school (laughs) i was his first kiss on stage during thoroughly modern millie don't look at me like that any name i strap on trevor it's fine it's a good name It's weird, I was going back, I was looking at a relationship, and I was like really trying to think if there was anything that ever stood out to me as like a red flag. And the one day I remember being suspicious was the day we broke up. I was like, hang on, it's a little too dramatic. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like he came, he picked me up in his car, we drove around the block, he called me the devil, uh, he dropped me back off. And as I was walking up to my house, I hear from behind me, and by the way, I was like, what? I turn around, he's standing there, he's holding a framed picture of both of us kissing that I got him for Christmas. And he goes, I won't be needing this anymore, slut. And I distinctly remember being like, that was the gayest shit I've ever seen him. For sure. Definitely. I've been single for the majority of the time I've lived in L.A., but I, uh, I recently uh, got a boyfriend, which is cool. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, it's cool. This, this relationship, it's, uh, it's, it's been moving kind of fast, which I'm not used to. Uh, we were only dating for about three months before he popped the big breakup question. We broke up. Um <laughs> Yeah, we broke up. He, uh, he broke up with me because he wanted to move out of California. Uh, <laughs> has anyone here ever been left for the state of Kansas? Or <laughs> just me? Nice, nice, nice. That'll do a number on you for sure. The thing about this was, like, most relationships that have ended for me, it's like you can healthily, you know, obsess over the new hot girl he's hanging out with on Facebook from afar, and that's how you deal with it and cope. But I didn't have that here. Like, I really had to wedge Kansas into that hot girl spot. Like, I really had to try to make something out of it. And, like, I don't know. I'm not a catty girl. That's not my thing. I don't like to whatever. But, um... I don't know, how, like, has anybody here ever been to Kansas? You ever seen Kansas? <laughs> cool, yeah, no, like, it's like not that pretty. <laughs> it's pretty flat. <laughs> no, sorry, I don't want to be a bitch, but like, no, yeah, it's pretty flat. <laughs> really though, I started to, uh, I started to like internet stalk Kansas. I was like, well, let's just see. Like, let's see what the fuck this place has. That I don't, I started to look up, I was like, let's look up tourist attractions, right? Like Kansas, like, you know, it's like all the highlights, like Chicago, you have Wrigley Stadium, New York, you have the Empire State Building. Uh, Kansas, first on the list is America's most artistic giant toilet. And I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. This is real. I want to show all of you, like, come on down to Kansas. We have a toilet. And it's bigger than you. I don't know what... (laughs) Then maybe after that, we can go and stop by and check out the world's largest statue of Johnny Kaw. Who... That? (laughs) Hey, let's round the day out by checking out the world's largest ball of twine. Like, fuck this state. I don't know. We got a lot of big shit, and it's all mundane. Like, that's the vibe I'm getting. (laughs) 
breakup got me pretty riled up. Uh, this is one of those breakups that I was like, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. I am going to get a spray tan at least once a week. <laughs> I will be famous in 38 to 197 days, give or take. <laughs> but like literally all that's happened since is like, I grew a bush. Like that's it. <laughs> Just like grew my pubes out. I don't know. <laughs> I forgot about them. You know you've been like... <laughs> you know you've been like recently single for about a month when you go to shave and your razor just like looks tired. <laughs> like, whoa, it's all right. Sit this one out, buddy. You look beat. <laughs> so before this last, uh, this last boyfriend that I had, this guy I was dating, I had been single in Los Angeles for four and a half years. That is true. Um, and here... Here's why. This is the reason. Men in LA are super obsessed with casual, just this like non-committal bullshit, like sexual relationship. Thing. And women, we're losing our minds because like we're supposed to be chill about it. We're supposed to be like, no, hey babe, no, it's fine. Hey, listen, I'm not like most girls. Okay, I'm a cool girl. All right, I'm a cool girl. You don't have to worry about me. I'm not crazy. I was once dating a guy for three months. I was under the impression I was dating for three months, and. Um, important note to add in my joke <laughs> whoopsies <laughs> and one time immediately after sex he looked at me and was like man I'm really happy I found a friends with benefits relationship that actually works and I was like totally very okay with this and I walked into the next room and I snapped seven pencils in half like we're not chill I know what you're thinking why she have so many pencils. <laughs> Listen, you never know when a scantron will come your way, all right? I fucking hate that joke so much. <laughs> I've given up on all the uh, I've given up on the uh, dating apps. I've deleted those. I'm over it. I'm done. Like I just it just got to the point for me where like I would receive any message I received, I just instantly resented the person messaging. I just like, what do you want? Can I help you? What is it? Hey, Anna, how's your day going? I don't know. I just ate a Hot Pocket and watched gay porn, and I don't know why, Chad, okay? Is that what you wanted to hear? Fuck, I'm done. And first dates, I'm over first dates. Nobody takes the time to even think about how bad they are. Like a first date is two strangers sitting together for like roughly two to four hours saying nothing they generally mean or feel. Just <laughs> trying to get through it. Just the worst conversations like, oh, yeah, hi. No, you say so you like you have family up north? Oh, yeah, me as well. In, oh, sorry, no, you go. I was talking, but you talked. I'm sorry. I thought you were. Hmm? What? Oh, no. What? Uh, no, Maine. I'm from Maine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. What? And your brother, he does what? What is your brother? He's a dentist. Oh, nice. Okay. So cool. That's why I have such a good smile. <laughs> I wish I was dead. <laughs> like, that's the vibe. <laughs> Consistently. My ideal date would be to show up and just lay out all the vital shit they're going to need to know about in like six weeks when I start to unhinge. You know? <laughs> 
It's like, hi, well, a um, little bit about me. Uh, I've been single for the majority of my life, aside from the one boyfriend I had who turned out to be a homosexual flight attendant. I live with the very real fear that I'll never believe or trust a man's feelings for me due to the incredibly strange relationship I have with my father and an inability to have a conversation that lasts longer than 30 seconds, forcing me to feel the need to perform 24-7 in order to be worthy of your love and attention. I haven't truly loved myself since I was a toddler, and I have a reoccurring sex dream about Bill Cosby. Are there any questions? Do you get it? <laughs> Anywho, enough about me. How big's your penis? Why can't I say that? I'm gonna leave you with that. My name's Anna Gokris. You've all been wonderful. Thank you very much. show is it not yeah. somebody just said hell yeah and i was like he's right <laughs> we have amazing comics still left in the show we've got three of them this next comic you are gonna love he is also a friend of the show like a, a big big friend of the show and we are so glad that he is here because if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have this show so please give a warm welcome to matt besser <laughs> Hey, everybody. Whoa. I want to talk about weed because I love it. But I don't like to lie about it. We have to lie so much. It's a big lie. Let's start with the word dispensary. That word wasn't around five years ago, right? Why do we say dispensary? Because it's supposed to sound like pharmacy, right? Because we're trying to pretend it's medicine, right? But the first dispensary that opened up in my neighborhood was called Star Buds. That doesn't sound like a pharmacy. There's no pharmacies called Sir Lance Zoloff's. The Prozac Shack. It's a fucking weed store. Dispensary sounds like a, a FEMA tent they set up outside a disaster area. Everybody head for the dispensary and get your rations of food and water. Will there be weed there? No, that would be a weed store. Dispensary. What other medicine do you need to ask if it's good stuff? You know? You go to the pharmacy, uh, so is this flu shot good stuff? Is it good? Yeah, man, it's pretty good, but check out this birth control we just got in. Yeah, your lady ain't gonna be getting pregnant for years on this shit. Give it a sniff. <laughs> Yet another thing you don't hear at the pharmacy or the hospital. We're about to do your chemo. Would you like to sniff it first to make sure it's some dank shit? No, I want to trust you that it's gonna work. Fucking good stuff. Who here who here will will sniff wine to judge it? Yeah? I'm embarrassed to do that. What are you looking for when you sniff? Well, I don't drink, so You just judge it and send it back. <laughs> I've never tasted this, I just do it for the smell. I work, I work at a bar. Oh, okay. So Will you sniff it before you send it out, you're saying? Yeah, or like, I don't know, just to just to see what but you have no fucking idea. I used to drink. You're like a vegetarian judging steak. 
You guys have no idea. It's awesome, by the way. <laughs> but if, uh, who here does go to the dispensary? Just so I know who I'm talking to here. Anybody? Anybody? This guy over here. So don't you notice that it seems like the fruitier it is, the better it is to these guys? They're like, this is fruity, man. Check it out. It's citrusy, isn't it? It's tangy. And you start to nod like as if the perfect weed to this guy would be an orange that you eat and you get high off of it. It's a big fucking lie, though. And, and uh, what, what, the biggest lie is when you got to go to the doctor, though, right? And that's the one profession we've been told don't lie to. You know, lie to journalists and politicians and lawyers. Well, don't lie to your fucking doctor. You can't lie to your doctor. What did you say? Did you have a legitimate thing? I hope not, because I don't want to hear it. What did you say? Yeah, those are the two big ones. I would have been embarrassed to say two different things. Because you don't go to the doctor and so I, I think I have cancer and my arm's broken. You just go one at a time. Insomnia... And anxiety, and anxiety, insomnia is probably the number one one. Uh, but uh, anxiety, I'm embarrassed because I feel like everyone has anxiety. I'm embarrassed to say I have it, but that is the number one. But guess that's neither of those were mine. Guess what mine was? Mine's like number three. Yes, back pain. That's it. That's a big one. Because I occasionally do have back pain, and I was like, I won't be totally lying. And if you've never been before, you've probably heard that you can just fucking walk into these 420 doctors and they'll just, whatever you say, you know, you're in and out, you know, some of them have great cleavage according to the billboards, but you just fucking get whatever you want. So I'm, I was psyched because I'm not a good liar. I hate lying. I go in there. I sit down. He's like, uh, so what's your, what's your problem? I don't think he said that. What's your problem? <laughs> Uh, and I said, uh, well, I have back pain. And he goes, okay, well, look at the way that you're sitting in that chair. You don't have very good posture. I'm like, okay. And he's like, what shoes are you wearing? What shoes do you wear? I'm like, I have some Pumas. He's like, mmm. Pumas have terrible arch support. And that'll hurt your back. Okay, okay. And he's like, uh, what kind of, uh, do you do yoga or stretching exercises? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this motherfucking doctor's trying to help me. What is his fucking problem? Asshole. So he's like, uh, do you know what the pro why you have back pain? And I said, anxiety! <laughs> I got anxiety, too! Where's the anxiety come from? From having to lie to doctors about getting my fucking weed that I just want to get high! <laughs> but we're about to be uh, recreationally legal. So we can treat it like beer. Exactly. Woo. But the trick is we don't know how to do, give a DWI, DUI test to a stoner. They don't have a breathalyzer for it. So how are we going to tell? How are the cops going to tell? 
I would, you know, they do a straight line. Uh, you got to walk in a straight line test for drunks. I would do, you have to tell a story in a straight line. <laughs> That's right, son. Tell a story in a straight line. I'm not going to allow you any tangents. You can't say, um, more than three times in a row. If you forget a word, you can't say thingamajiggy or whatchamacallit or what's his name. And at the end, you can't say, what was I talking about? But if you, get, if you were a cop, talk to me. If you were a cop and you had to guess, what would be a sign you're looking for for stoners when you pull them over? What's that? <laughs> Did you say eye contact? Because stoners are jittery and they never look in you in the eyes? Hmm. I'm looking you in the eyes, so that's not true. <laughs> but you're close. Red eyes. Yes, exactly. So you got to be prepared for that. What are you going to say? What's a good excuse for red eyes? Allergies, exactly. Sorry, officer, it's my allergies. My car cat. <laughs> Fucking car cat. And that's going to become a stoner accessory in the, in the future, by the way. Car cats. That'll be the other thing they sell at weed stores. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. I had fun. just a great show and this great show is going to keep on rolling because we have guess what another friend of the show <laughs> we have so many friends of the show it's almost like we love everybody that's on our show we love everybody that comes to our show oh, love you guys yeah I mean it alright <laughs> and hold for love <laughs> Love. Great. <laughs> uh, yes, this next comic, also a friend of the show. I love him so much. He is a big Kansas City fan. Oh, yeah. I got Mike Moustakis on my fantasy. I think he got five points tonight. Woo! I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. That's, I always think people are booing him, but they're saying moose. Very confusing. <laughs> I hope he's not confused. <laughs> I don't think he is. Anyways, he's a big Kansas City fan. Does a lot of stuff for that city. Love him for it. You might have seen him in um, a movie that's not coming to my mind right now. Because I dug in really deep on the Kansas City stuff. I, I went too far on it. I talked about my fantasy. I talked about Mike Moustakas. <sighs> I can't get... Thank you. He was an anchor man. Thanks to the person over there. You guys, please welcome Dave Keckner. Hello, gang. Yeah. Good job coming out tonight. Well done. Uh, Tuesday, it's full. Clearly looking at the unemployed. Okay, so... Uh, don't, uh, don't make me parent. Because I, I will do it. I will do it to all of you. I'll make you get jobs and... Uh, Better grades. You're not going to get better grades. It's up to you. But I will, I will ride, I will ride you. <sighs> My wife and I have been blessed with five kids, and uh, so I know what I'm talking about. 
I will fucking bear down on all of you. I don't care. You look like a bunch of foster kids, yeah? Take you all in. I won't pay for education. I'll take you in. Uh, our house is a symphony of chaos. It is just noise on noise. There are seven people that live there. And on top of that, we have three dogs. We used to have one dog. And then everybody in the house, except me, wanted another dog. And I said no ten times. And then one day, another dog showed up. <laughs> we got the two dogs. And then uh, last year, Margot was graduating eighth grade. And... Um, she, for her eighth grade graduation present, wanted a dog. So, of course, I said, absolutely not. <laughs> but she kept at it. And then one day, she sat us all down uh, on the couch. It's a pit couch. It's dirtier than uh, it should be. Uh, just some advice for the future. Uh, keep them clean. Uh, it's a tan leather, which makes it kind of tough. Because there's all those dogs and all those kids, and they're dirty. And you don't realize how dirty... You don't look at your own couch... I guess my advice is get a, a nice dark chocolate couch. It hides, it hides better. Why is this getting feedback? You guess, you have a speaker over there? So, anyway, the point is, you won't know how dirty your couch is until you have, your youngest daughter has a play date, and um, the mother never sits down on the couch. I'll just stand here. And you're like, oh, fuck, this couch is dirty. Anyway third dog so she sits us all down one night uh, on the couch the whole family and she uh, pairs her laptop computer with our flat screen TV no big deal we got one <laughs> and she does a PowerPoint presentation on why she deserves to get a dog for her eighth grade graduation she'd gotten straight A's all year she got into the high school of her choice she made cheerleading at that high school then she's going on and on how she's gonna take care of the dog halfway through this presentation I'm thinking holy shit that girl is gonna get a dog <laughs> and that's why we have three dogs I'm strong so anyway I um, I we, we have a, a, a this company, a dry erase board on our refrigerator. Now, ladies, I realize uh, there's not a refrigerator back here, and you were all thinking, the girl's going, there's not a refrigerator back there. But every guy in this room's like, yeah, I see it. <laughs> see the refrigerator, double doors, uh, stainless steel, non-ferrous, so you magnets don't stick to it, right, guys? Anyway. Okay, lady, you knew what non-ferrous material was, too. That's fine. It's not... I'm happy sciences are strong in this room. So anyway, we have a list on the, on the refrigerator uh, with a dry erase board. All the kids' names are on there. My name's not on there. They all have a job every day. Pick up morning poop, uh, feed and water the dogs. Afternoon poop, uh, feed and water the dogs again. And then someone's got to brush them. My name's not on that list. So you can imagine my surprise when I go in the backyard and there's dog shit. And I'm, it's like mid-morning and I'm thinking, well... I don't know how long this dog shit's been there, and I don't have a test kit that tells me <laughs> how long it's been there, because if I did have a test kit that told me how old the dog shit was, and 20 years when my kids are relating this story to their friends, their friends would have to say, you know your dad's crazy, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying I deal with a lot of shit at the house, because if there's not dog shit, then there's, there's three toilets in our house, and on an average week, at least one of them gets clogged. Now, here's the other thing about my house. I'm known as the dumbest person that lives there. <laughs> Certainly my wife has that opinion. 
Uh, I have two teenagers, so they're like, oh, fucking dad, whatever. Don't talk to me. And so by osmosis, the younger was like, yeah, don't talk to dad. He's dumb. He doesn't know. Let's go talk to mom. But here's the curious thing. When it comes to clogging a toilet, there's only one person that seems to know how to work the simplest tool on the planet. It's called a plunger. There's no confusion about which end works. There's only a handle and the other part. And the other thing that it does, you learn to do when you're a baby. It sucks on something, right? You learned that when you were a baby. Everyone knows how to do it. But apparently I'm the only one that can command the porcelain thing to eat more shit than I do. Fucking eat it. You eat it. You fucking eat it. You do your goddamn job. I'm doing my fuck you. You do it. Got it. Just me. I'm the only one that knows how to work the goddamn thing. Chaos. Noise on noise. Already over? Do I have two minutes or one? Two. Two? I'll get this over as quickly as I can. All right. That was all stalling. It's just noise on noise in my house. So, like on a Saturday when I should be able to sleep till, I don't know, 7.30. I haven't done that in, in 19 years. All right? Because uh, our oldest boy is now 18. But... So on a Saturday when Eve, our youngest, doesn't sleep in our bed, which is too often, but you kind of treasure it so you keep letting it happen, she'll park herself on the couch and announce, I'm tired! I'm tired! I'm tired! I'm laying there thinking, well, then go the fuck back to bed. That's where tired people go. But now she's woken up her sister, Audrey, who is now going to uh, sixth grade and she learned to play the recorder this year and she's now woken up and she thinks wow what an opportune moment for me to show dad how well I play the recorder she should come in there and poke me with that plastic demon and say dad you want to hear hot cross buns on the recorder now every fiber of my being wants to scream no I do not want to hear hot cross buns on the recorder but I say sure honey let me hear it Hold on, Dad. I messed up. Let me start over. Hold on, Dad. I messed up. Let me start over. Meanwhile, still echoing from the chamber, I'm tired. I'm tired. But now, Audrey's twin brother, Sergeant's up, and he's like, Dad, 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 want to watch Minecraft videos? Not play Minecraft videos. Sit in front of the computer and watch someone else play Minecraft videos. I'm tired. <laughs> now Margo's up and around. She's got a singular desire every day. She's like, can we get a Starbucks? Dad, can we get a Starbucks? Can I get my eyelashes done? Can we get eyelash extensions? Can we get a Starbucks? Can I get my nails done? <laughs> I'm tired. Now Charlie's up and around. Charlie's now six foot four. I'm six foot two. So every day he's like, Dad, how's it going down there? And he's curious how tall he might grow to be. So he's like, Dad, what do you think? Six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, six, seven. Like, first of all, dude, we're in the kitchen. Stop boxing me out, all right? What do you think? Six, seven, NBA? Six, seven, NBA? Like, dude, you've got a three-inch vertical leap. I do not think the NBA is in your future. There is no place I can go in my home to be alone. The place where I sleep is known as Mom's Room. If I want to get away from it all, go to the backmaster bathroom, which is kind of a broom closet with a hole in the floor. 
get back there. Maybe I'm going to drop a double deuce. Maybe I just sit, read a magazine, let my legs fall asleep for 20 minutes. I just want, within 30 seconds, somebody is knocking on the door saying, Dad, are you in there? So I will open the door, pull one of them in, shut it, lock it, turn off the fan, and say, open your eyes. It burns, doesn't it? Now go tell the others this is no place to be. My name is David Keckner. You have been a pleasure. Have a great night. Thank you. David Keckner, you guys let him hear it. The best. We have one final comic left. Are you guys ready? Guess what? Another friend of the show. You believe me for you all are like, what? Is it the publisher's clearinghouse? Are we going to the mall? <laughs> no, we are not. We're going to have our fabulous final comic, who is a friend of the show. And also, guess what? A friend of season two of Take My Wife. <gasps> That's right. You're going to see this next comic in a hilarious role in season two of Take My Wife. So please, welcome to the stage right now, just one of the funniest people, one of my favorite comics of all time, Nicole Byer. <laughs> in this makeup is I was working on this 80s movie. We were in a roller rink with no air conditioning and I'm pretty sure I smell like yogurt. Oh no. (laughs) So don't come close. Anywho. (laughs) That's what's been going on in my life today. (sighs) I've been traveling a lot and I just recently went to Cincinnati. Has anyone ever been to Cincinnati? Yeah, no one's ever that excited about it. And you are correct. I had no idea that the Cincinnati airport was actually in Kentucky. I didn't know. I was driving and I saw, welcome to Ohio. And I was like, where the fuck have I been? I thought I flew into Ohio. What do you mean, welcome? And for whatever reason, my GPS took me on all these like windy, twisty back roads, like true just dirt gravel roads. I was like, what is this? A scenic tour of where I could be hate crime? <laughs> what is happening? Sorry. I call her, what's her name? Siri? I call her Surrey. Anywho. <laughs> As I'm driving, I come across this big gray boarded up house that said free watermelon. And I was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's a trap for black people. Free watermelon? But then I was like, mm, let me get a slice. I also went to Iowa. People in Iowa. I was so afraid of getting get outed. <laughs> Truly, it was me, my cousin, her boyfriend, and then no black people for miles. So I go to her apartment, smoke some weed, get back to my hotel room, and I was like, ooh, I want some candy. So I go downstairs to get some candy, and at the front desk, there are two of the drunkest white women I've ever seen in my life. They were just like, 
I was like, I know. And I, I should have like lied to them. I could have said anything, but I told them the truth. I was like, oh, I'm doing a comedy show. And they got so excited. They were like, comedy? Tell us a joke, tell us a joke, tell us a joke. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're not paying me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, it's a good free joke. But then one of the ladies opens her fanny pack and says, we'll pay you, and just starts rummaging. All I hear is pennies and like, you know, dirty tampons. You know how you keep tampons in your purse and you get crust? Anywho, I was like, you don't have enough money for me. I'm going to sleep. Then one of them reached out, touched my arm and said, ooh, you're so soft. Then the other one simultaneously touched my hair and was like, I like it. So I said, I hate you. And then I go upstairs for an hour because I have a very early flight to catch. I get back downstairs. They're still downstairs. Now they're over by the Continental Breakfast and they're like, oh my God, eggs! So I guess white women in Iowa don't know what anything is. They're like, eggs? Black people tonight's lit! (sighs) Boy. I don't know if you guys heard, but last Christmas, the Mall of America had a black Santa, and people were mad about it. Santa's not real! (laughs) How can you be mad that they assigned an ethnicity to a person that doesn't exist? We live in the future, you can be any color you want. We got an orange president, any color you want. actually break it down I guess Santa is a white guy I mean he owns slaves you say oh show me an elf W2 they weren't getting paid also Mrs. Claus has to stay inside while he goes out and he eats and drinks another bitch's milk and cookies he works one day a year and takes credit for everything if you're a white guy who didn't laugh at that, you gotta go home and reflect. That's the world we're living in. I wanna talk to you guys about how I'm fat. I've been fat. <laughs> just real aggressive. I'm fat! <laughs> I like came out of the womb just chubby and happy. And I, my mom used to make hot chocolate and she would drop Hershey Kisses at the bottom as like an extra treat, I guess, because she was trying to set me up for failure. (laughs) And I would drink it, and then I was like, ooh, I like the melted chocolate. I just want the melted chocolate. And I was like, how do I eat it up? I'm not allowed to use the microwave. And then I was sleeping with my hands between my legs, and I was like, ooh, it's toasty down there. (laughs) So I was like, ooh, I'll put them in my underwear. Telling this story to a friend literally three days ago, she goes, Why didn't you hold them in your hand? And I was like, I needed to be mobile. I had to color things, I had to put toys away. I was on the move. And, uh, <laughs> and then I would like walk around just pulling just melted chocolate out of my panties, just like living my life as an eight year old. I was like, I am so smart. <laughs> until my mother saw my underwear because Hershey Kisses unwrap a little bit. So it was leaving little brown dots in the front of my underwear. So my mother had to be like, Nicole, are you sick? What is that in the front of your underwear? And I had to be like, no, mom, 
promised chocolate. You're just raising the fattest kid ever. I was thinking last night, I was like, what's the fattest thing you could do? Rear-end someone in a drive-thru. Okay. There's no more to that. Okay. Uh, here's a question. How come they put your weight on your driver's license? It's not like you're gonna go to the DMV and they're gonna be like, mm-mm. Like, no. No one's gonna do that. I, my driver's license says I weigh 150 pounds. That's truly not true. And I put it on like the little thing and the woman was just like, hmm, mm, mm. And I was like, I dare you to say something. I dare you to tell me I'm not 150 pounds. You dumb bitch, I dare you. When I get my driver's license renewed, I'm putting 90. <laughs> I just want to get pulled over and I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> so I was on the Steve Harvey show, thank you. And his teeth are just as big as you think they are. And I was on a show called The Curvy Hour. That was the premise. It was a panel of fat women and an audience filled with fat women. And we were just like, you're okay. And I was like, this is very funny to me. Sign me up. <laughs> and one of the topics was fat women won't have sex with the lights on. They'll only have sex in the dark. And I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. It's not like you bring home a guy, you turn off the light, and he's just like, oh my God, you're so thin. Oh, I thought I was gonna have to fuck that fat bitch I went home with. Like, you're not thinner in the dark. Otherwise, we'd all be living in the dark. Also, it's a safety concern. You gotta make sure that dick ain't funky. You would be so upset to find out that it wasn't ribbed for your pleasure, but riddled with herpes. <laughs> and I guess I'll leave you. I don't have time. I'm done, right? You can keep going. I can keep going. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I was like, who is it? It sounds like a small person. <laughs> crouched down because it fit my vision. <laughs> okay, dealer's choice. Do you guys want to hear about Tinder or airplanes? Okay, I'm on Tinder. Who here's on Tinder? Wow, you sound excited. What are you, like, knee-deep in pussy? Someone over here is having a great time. Are you crushing it? <laughs> Food. The picture looks good, but then it gets to your house and you're like, that's not what I ordered. <laughs> so I matched with this guy named Nick. I would tell you his last name, but that's not what Tinder's about. <laughs> his first message to me was, Puerto Rican, black, or Mexican? Let's talk about it. So I said, are you asking what I am? I'm real black. He said, that was my indifference. Could have gone either way, though. So I said, cool. What are you? White, white, trash, privileged white, or rapey white? <laughs> Thank you. I also clapped alone in my room when I wrote it. 
he responds with rapey white. That's the most fun. People don't see it coming. I didn't go out with Nick, but I also didn't unmatch him because that's called desperation. <laughs> Truly, I'm in these streets like Miss Pac-Man trying to catch a dick. I'm like, hum, 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 hum. <laughs> so then I matched with Jordan, and he said, "Well, first of all, before I say anything, how do you feel about butt stuff?" <sighs> Personally, if we're talking penetration, we have to be in a relationship and it's a treat for you. But if you're gonna eat it, eat it. <laughs> but for the sake of this conversation, I was just like, I love butt stuff. <laughs> then he said, it involves whipped cream. I saw a really kinky porno of it. Basically, the nozzle goes in your ass, fills your butt, you shoot it onto my dick, and then you suck it off. Oh. What the fuck, Jordan? <laughs> your butt filled with whipped cream <laughs> would it just be like boop, 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 boop. I'll tell you how it feels great thank you guys so much I'm Nicole Byer <laughs> Nicole Byer you guys let her hear it oh shit keep it going for everybody you heard tonight stand-up show come back we're gonna be on hiatus for two weeks because ucb's doing some repairs and stuff and then the holiday but we'll be back on the 11th so come back to that one because it's gonna be just as funny love you guys have a good night put your hands together 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 Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.